What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome to episode seven of the all new Anhedonic Headphones podcast two Electric Boogaloo. My name is Kevin Krein. I am the host of this podcast, and I am also the writer and I guess the creator of the award-winning music blog, Anhedonic Headphones. This podcast is an extension of sorts of that site. Uh, Before we get into today's guest, a couple of quick things here. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, hey, it's okay. I don't take it personally. Uh, I don't know if I would subscribe to my own podcast, but you can do so in the iTunes store as well as in Google Play. Or via Podbean, which is the service I use for storing all of the MP3s of each and every podcast. Uh, If you haven't checked out the site and and read all of the various verbose things I have written about music and nostalgia and sometimes both at the same time, I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, But again, I don't know if I I weren't the one writing it. I don't know if I would read it. Uh, You can go to anhedonicheadphones.blogspot.com. And also you can holler at me holla at your boy on social media i am at kev e fly on twitter and uh, very similarly i am at kev underscore e underscore fly on the instagrams uh i'm working my way up to being an instagram influencer and icon uh fingers crossed i can do it before the end of the year uh there's also a facebook page for the blog it's just anhedonic headphones search for it it'll come up I promise not to bombard your timeline, and you probably won't even see my posts anyway because of the algorithm. Let's get into the information about today's guest. Uh, we had started recording the podcast and had done a charming intro together, but my computer flipped out and the program crashed and we lost it all, and rather than try to um, phone it in and recreate that, I thought I would just give kind of a summary here. I'm bending the rules very slightly with today's episode because uh, today's guest, uh, she was my co-worker at the co-op, but she is not anymore. She has since moved on to other things, but I thought I would invite her on because she uh, was the first person that I worked with on my very first day after being shown around and told not to kill myself in the box crusher. Uh, I was paired up with her and she showed me around and uh, taught me how to stock things out and everything. So we kind of became work friends, one of my earliest work friends, you could say. And she put a lot of thought, more than I probably would have, and it's my podcast, but she put a lot of thought into things to talk about with each of the tunes that she picked. So without further ado, please welcome to the program, Sarah Haas. So let's try this again. How's the tea? Is it good? The tea is good. Okay. Sarah. Yes, thank Kevin. You, thank you for thank you for slipping into your NPR voice and for coming onto the podcast. <laughs> Um, so before we had the technical difficulties, we were talking about how you're an old soul at heart. We were talking about that. And you picked seven songs, one of which is newish, but the rest of them are old. So old. Um, but what two things that I wanted to get into before we start talking first, and you don't have to answer this now. I've asked this question of every, almost every guest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a stumper. Other times it's not a stumper. What is your earliest musical memory? 
if you can't think of it now, that's okay. We can come back to it. The other question, is, or it's not a question, but a talking point more, is you have a, um, you have like a musical background, don't you? Like you come from a musical background. Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, I... it's not really a question, but it's more of like a like a blanket statement. Yes, like, right. You right, play, right. you sing. I do. Yeah. And you play the violin, correct? I do play the violin. Yeah. Do you play any other instruments? I play the guitar. Okay. Now a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I. I I would say I come from a musical household, but that's my parents don't play any instruments. And but my, your mom, your my mom's mom, a singer, my right? mom sings. Yeah, so that's yeah, what that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what yes. is what is that special kind of like idiosyncratic singing that you guys do together? Yes, I'm impressed. You remember about that? Well, yeah. it made a big impression on my wife, who when I told her that you were oh. going to be a guest on the show, yeah. she was like, "Oh, what's that special kind of old singing that they yes. do?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't remember the name of it." So what? For the yeah. folks at home, yes, in podcast land, yes, what what is it called? It is called shape note singing okay or sacred harp singing whoa i don't know whoa. i think sacred harp singing is the more official and then okay. it's called shape note colloquially among whoa. the singers because whoa. literally the notes so it was it was um it's actually really interesting the history of it okay. it's old it's quite old it's like from around the civil war period yeah i remember when you said you like had gone to a thing to do it yeah, you said it was because you were kind explaining of a singing school before one of the conventions. We're explaining it was a Civil War thing. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. yep. It's in the movie Cold Mountain. Okay, if anyone has seen that, it's cool. Shout um, out to Cold Mountain. Shout out to Cold Mountain. Yes, <laughs> I've never seen it. Is it a good movie? I think it's good. So, how did you get into that? Yeah, Sacred Harp. So interestingly, it sort of ties into your question about the first musical memory. Okay. I don't know if this is a first musical memory, but it has a good chance of being one <laughs> because. So I went to my first shape note and/or Sacred Harp singing when I was, I'm told, six days old. Wow. So it's um, like in you. Yeah. So my mom has been going since before I was born, and it's quite a loud thing. It's. It's supposed to be sort of the antithesis of choral uh, British choir singing. So it was sort of the shape notes were introduced to help the whole congregation sight read and learn to sight read and get kind of the intervals by sight. So you can go, oh, that's a me. That's a triangle. I want to go. Actually, me is a diamond. But anyway, um, (laughs) you know, that's what the interval is. So it was to encourage everyone to sing. So it's a very sort of unpolished loud sound um yeah it sounds no real old timey and no the harmonies are interesting infant what were you doing there were you, yes. were you participating so as a, i was as an not infant? in fact okay. i didn't really at all as a kid i liked certain songs and and my mom sang a few to me as lullabies so okay. i do have quite a long like i have a memory of okay. a lot of those okay. songs okay. and so okay. now singing them it's sort of fun okay do I you like. still do this now i do okay yeah. okay mm-hmm. okay so we should talk about the tunes that you brought. Yeah. You brought seven of them. I did. On, <laughs> just, and this is not the most that I think Vicky, the first one, she picked a lot. Okay. She had like great. eight. So and see, don't this worry. is good. So it's yeah. less pressure for me to talk for a really long time about one of them. Because I don't, that's why I wrote notes. Kevin was, you guys didn't get to hear this, but Kevin was making fun of me for bringing notes. I was not making fun of you for bringing notes. <laughs> no, I was I surprised that I you know. were so prepared because I nobody really... nobody has come this prepared. I'm not even that prepared, and this is my podcast. Well, I this this gives you a glimpse of what I was like in college. I really <laughs> very had studious, of very notes. studious. Okay. I just uh, that's how I kind of goes in one ear and out the other. So I like to 
prepared. Okay. I think okay. it's because I run on the anxious side. This is going to come up in one of the songs. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> we're, we're all very fragile. I understand that. So I feel like first, my memory just first just uh, shot on the bit. on the list. You have Peter Paul and Mary. I do. So this is if I had a hammer. Yes. And so you, how did you get into like older music? Because yeah. you are younger than me yes. by maybe like five ish years. Yep. And is is all of this from like your family? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, how do people get into yes. things that are like? Because like I grew up on pop music, which is why I only listen to like pop music in the modern sense, like popular music. I guess because so like my parents didn't play it's old music. Certain like well, my parents didn't play pop, yeah. music uh, from you know. I just was like plunked in front of MTV. Yeah, I see. And, it's all the like, modern the and current. like the, yeah. we listened to like the top forty station in the yep. car. Mm-hmm. So you know, going back to things from like the sixties, seventies before that. Yeah, that was not something that was happening in the house. Okay, so yeah, uh, how like so. Peter, Paul, and Mary, this is like something your parents introduced you to, or you? Yeah. Okay, all right. It was, yeah. In fact, so that also, they were a big influence in my childhood. We had like a couple of their um, children's albums. And oh, sure. I love them. Sure. I personally think that Peter, Paul, and Mommy is maybe, maybe it's Peter, Paul, and Mommy too. Electric Boogaloo? They made a bunch. They made a couple, and I like one of them in particular. Okay. I think it's maybe the best children's album ever. Oh, wow. And it's okay. got a lot of folk songs on sure. it. And I just, well, that was their thing. Yeah, I unabashedly love Peter, <laughs> Paul, and Mary. And I think that to a lot of people, maybe, I don't really know, but I think they sound like when you just say that, they're like, oh, you know, that sounds so kind of kumbaya, you know, maybe a little cheesy um, sort of John Denver. Not that I want to hate on John Denver. I, I appreciate I, him. I guess I I never. Yeah. <laughs> Do you I, know? I, I, I guess I get where you're, where you're coming from, but I've never. I guess I've never really thought about them that I, much. So. I I feel like defending them right off the bat, but maybe that's. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Uh, are you like not... a Peter, Paul, and Mary apologist? There, I guess there's really nothing to apologize <laughs> for. I'm like, well, I know that. I know. Great. I'm okay. glad. Let's so tell why, the world. Well, Why did you specifically pick um, yes. this one? So if I had a hammer, yes. I I was looking at a lot of their songs, and um, I had I had a 
big connection to a couple. Okay. Oh, gosh, a lot of them. We had like the Greatest Hits album, and I sure. loved that one as well. And there were a couple off that, Stewball and 500 Miles, I got to say. I don't, know, I don't know that fabulous one. Fabulous tunes. But anyway, if I'd hammer, I think it was mostly that I was thinking about ones that I could really talk about. Okay. More than just saying, I, I think like that's a great song. Okay, so what's your what's your connection so with this, this one? So this connection, I think it was maybe one of the first songs where I had I had an inkling as a young person that song could be used for more than just like, um, you know, talking about your love or ex love sure, or sure. something. That it could be used as a kind of a form of activism, a call okay, to action. Okay, okay. So this kind of a thing. And, and I, uh, I later learned like Peter, Paul and Mary, they were really quite involved in the civil rights movement. Sure. And they sang this song. Actually, I found that out when looking it up, I knew they sang blown in the wind at the March on Washington, but okay. they sang this one too. Oh, okay. And it feels very, I feel like when you hear them sing it, this song in particular, their voices have a kind of power to them. And I feel like you can really, you can tell that they really believe in what they're saying sure. and also the the movement and the feeling behind what mm-hmm. what is in the song. And so I think, and I f- just feel like they really use the music to kind of um, propel and champion, you know, the civil rights cause and um, causes for peace in general. They, they always, I think I went to one concert when I was young and I remember, I think they often always ended their concerts with um we shall overcome okay so you've seen you've seen them i i yes you think so i think so it's pretty fuzzy in my memory but how old would you have been positive we went i think i was probably like six or seven wow i yeah i was pretty young did they have to like throw like headphones over your head because it was going to be too loud or paul and mary are pretty acoustic It wasn't too, wasn't too loud. Yeah. Okay. They. Uh, where did they Paul play? Paul and Peter. They play. I'm not sure where it was. It was somewhere in you know a downtown, okay. older theater. I think. Okay. Yeah. The Orpheum. Could have been. The I, I have to ask theater. my mom. Okay. She's like the the date person. Okay. She remembers okay. all things. Okay. Don't don't question her memory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's cool. That's a pretty cool first concert to have gone to uh, yeah. as a young man. I, I thought that they were great. And I also am impressed that they like stayed together forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot of bands. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, there goes my book. Oh, no. I even brought a book. <laughs> In case you got bored. <laughs> no, I'm going to maybe read a tiny bit from Oh, it. okay. Yes. I thought you were like, man, this podcast sucks. I'm going to just check I, out. And- I often do have a book as like a... Um, I uh, security blanket. So as you were saying, this song a lot, and a lot of the songs I picked for on the early part of my playlist, so uh-huh. to speak, are, well, are older ones. I mean, the but first I five are, like are older. The first, and even true. even the last one. I suppose I'm is... thinking one or two of the older. Well, just one really is new to me. So the Courtney Barnett. The Courtney Barnett is new, but there's one older one, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Oh, sort of I want to talk about that one when yeah. we get to it because that was man. When I was researching this stuff, yeah. I was like, oh, man, this is really good. Isn't she yeah. amazing? Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's part of why I brought her, because okay. I just felt she's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I just learned about her. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. We're jumping yeah. ahead. We're jumping way ahead. I know. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Oh, but I yes. do feel that's an old song, but I feel like it has reverberations that, you know. Sure affect today as well i mean our, we're we're you know we're our difficult times we're in divisive times so that you know things are really polarized so i feel like a little peter paul and mary um 
can do a snow heart. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. And on down the road just a little bit from Manhattan. A hundred years back down the road. In a little town out west in a saloon something like this one. Some news from a newspaper clipping made everybody's head turn. And the concerns of the day weren't much different than they are now. Except it was a hundred years ago. Well, the good times scratched a laugh from the lungs of the young men in the Deadwood Saloon in South Dakota afternoon. The old ones by the door with their heads to their chest. They told lies about whiskey on a woman's bread. Yes, and some tell the story of young Mickey Free, who lost an eye to a buck deer in the Tongue River Valley. Oh, and some tell the story of California Joe. Sent word through the black hills There was a mountain of gold And the gold she lay cold And dead by the hills And the sun as she sat down on the tree Are you ready to move ahead? We can move ahead. So the next one, um, Deadwood, South Dakota. Yeah. Nancy Griffith. I, Mm -hmm. and like with, with every podcast, it's, it's like a a teachable moment for me because I learn about all the, like rarely is there one where I'm like, I have heard of every song and every artist you have picked. Right. So, um, even like with the first one, Vicky picked all really modern stuff. I didn't even know what half of it was. I was like, yeah. I have no idea what a lot of these things are. So this is another old song yes. that I have never, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I've heard of Nancy Griffith. Like maybe the name kind of sounds kind of familiar, but mm-hmm. again, I'm like, wow, these is, yeah. you're, you're going back into the archives, I, the folk music archives. Yeah. yeah. So this is maybe, this is probably my mom, I think. Okay. She, okay. she is a big folk aficionado. Okay. Um, my dad a little bit, but my dad, in fact, I think was more of a Peter, Paul and Mary fan. And that's why we oh, listen to a lot okay, of them, okay. which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think my mom liked them, but she wasn't as. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. My okay. dad really likes, I think the harmonies he loves, okay. uh, the mamas and the papas. Sure. It's so, Do your kind of parents like the crossover. film A Mighty Wind? Oh, I will have to tell them about that. Cause I don't think I know. I don't know. A Mighty Wind, the Christopher Guest movie. It's about folk singers. It's from the people who did Best in Show. Best in Show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. But we we watched Best in Show because my aunt and uncle loved it. But I was young. I didn't think it was funny. 
<laughs> and I oh no! We we kind of actively didn't like it. Was it Best in Show? No, I think it was the one about theater. Oh, waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. That's the first one. It was the... quite dry. I think as a kid, I just couldn't appreciate I mean, it. I should rewatch. They're it now. all very dry. Yeah. Um. Best Best in Show is great. I. It's I, about dogs. I should see that. I I, I know that that one is. Is held yeah. up and, and then the mighty wind supposed is, to be fabulous. Oh, mighty wind is it. about um, old folk acts from the sixties yeah. reuniting. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. I figure you, you and your family might act, like find it either really offensive. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, what is it poking fun at them? Yeah, I thought you're Wait either going to be bit. like, this is a garbage movie, or be like, oh, that is funny. It's so, funny and heartwarming. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, Nancy Griffith. Nancy Griffith. So, yes. tell me a little bit about her if you are able to do so. I can. So okay. yeah. So this is my this is my mom probably, okay. and she had I think several of her records and then and then several of her albums. Okay. We would listen to her consistently, usually like one of one of her albums um, on long car rides. Okay. This is where I get okay. A, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess at other times, but we would often at least once a year go to visit my grandma in Illinois. Sure. Shout out. Shout out to Illinois. Shout out to yeah. Sandwich, Illinois. My grandma oh, right. lives there. My right. Grandma I forgot Sebi. that it was yeah. Sand- Sandwich, Illinois. Uh, in yeah. fact, they were just there for Easter. Okay. Anyway, she's doing well. Okay. That's shout out to grandma. Anyway, sorry. Moving along. Um, so we listened to Nancy Griffith on car rides and okay. she is from texas and okay. you can tell so yeah. there's one live album that is my favorite and that's what this one is from okay um and she she has this lovely twang i think she talks about lubbock texas i don't know if that's i think her aunt and uncle are like from around there okay okay but yeah she's a great songwriter actually this song she didn't write i thought maybe she did but i looked it up and she didn't okay and um, yeah, it's another one of those ones where I felt like it was sort of a teachable moment and I could talk a little more about it. And the gold still lay cold in their pockets And the sun still sets down on their trees And they thank the Lord for the land that they live in Where the white man does as he pleases Um, it's a story song, and she does yeah. a lot of that. She's kind of a storyteller. She I, likes songs that tell stories. I gleaned that from you, the little bit that I listened to. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's basically about sort of the um. U.S. First Nations uh, relations sure. uh, early on. Okay. That, um, you know, we're not great and maybe <laughs> haven't improved that much, but... Um, Ooh. Well... <laughs> yeah, no, you have a valid point. Yeah. yeah um, and, yeah, I think it just struck me. She's, you know, she's great with a sad song. Okay. And, um, all right. Are all of her songs like this or are there, no. do they vary? They, they okay. really vary. And in fact, okay. in fact, one of my favorite favorites is a lovely, it's a love song. It's, okay. It's um, called Love at the Five and Dime. 
and you should look see it again. Up. That sounds very familiar too. Like oh, I feel, it's so yeah, great. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Her little, she talks in the beginning, and it's amazing. She's got this sweet little voice. Yeah, I don't know if you her, you heard you can hear her introduce the song, and then and she's very quiet, and then she starts singing, and she has these like that's amazing pretty common though i think for people to have like a very quiet speaking voice and then have like a ridiculous singing voice i love it yeah that's like a a regular thing i think okay she's the only person that i hear talking before the songs so maybe it is more common and i didn't know that yeah Mm -hmm. um anything else with this one check your notes I do want to check my notes. <laughs> I I kind of wish you had put together like a PowerPoint presentation or something. <laughs> to, to, to show the yeah, people listening. To show me <laughs> and use like use some sick animations in between slides yeah. and be like next slide and click the thing and I could just like add it in with the podcast. You can download yes. the PowerPoint yes. and watch it while you're listening. You have a book. What book is that? I have a Braiding book. Braiding Sweetgrass. Okay. So, have you heard of this book? I've seen that book. I've, you have I've, seen this book. I You worked at a bookstore. I spent many years working in bookstores, and I remember Dude. seeing that uh, a number of times. Is that for um, this song, or is that fact, for the next one? Someone from Northfield gave this to me. Oh. Becky. She used to work at the co-op. Do you, do you I know, know Becky. Becky? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and... And I love it. And okay. I was just going to read a f- one little bit in okay. relation to this song. So okay. she is Potawatomi. Okay. And she talks about... Okay. I think that this song... So this song, to me, it also sort of... I became very interested in environmental things later Later. Is in that life. what your background is in? It is, actually. Okay, yeah, so I, I studied yeah. environmental yeah. studies. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this song is... I think it really highlights the extraction mindset that kind of Westerners have had for a long time, you know, as a culture. Uh, uh, Anyway, (laughs) not everyone now, but uh, we sort of think of uh, the earth as more of a utilitarian resource than like a A place place or a A living being. Yeah. 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 So, um, a, a, a living place that's trying to tell us something. Exactly. Yes. Um, and yeah, so I I thought, well, that's interesting. And um, he, in this book, she talks about this. This I thought was very interesting. Um, so this book is Braiding Sweetgrass yes. by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Okay. I think that's how you say her name. Available in bookstores now. Available in bookstores now. Yes. And um, she writes about learning Potawatomi um, okay. a little bit. And it's related to Anishinaabe or Ojibwe. Um, and she she says, so here... Oh, you have a lot of bookmarks in there. I'm not going to read all of them. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just was like, damn, that's a lot of passages that relate to this <laughs> it's it's really done, it's only three that you've done so much like a lot research <laughs> with yeah. regards to this you're the most prepared guest I on this show i think i was so far. worried because i ended up picking these sort of intense songs and i was like gosh i'd better know what i'm talking about that's good no that's See, good so i don't I have think to also because of the times a little bit i was like what if i end up i don't want to saying something have to fact check you yeah or just yeah saying something that's offensive if you have a lot of hot do you have a lot of hot takes hot takes yeah do you have hot takes i don't know kevin what's what's a hot take (laughs) it's like if you have a (laughs) controversial opinion on something yeah hot take or a fuego take as i often say i love it um it's okay if you don't have any hot takes 
Let me continue. Yeah, continue. I'm, I'm sorry I'm to steamrolled your no, no, passage no, that's reading. Totally fine. Do you need was, more light on or anything? For Are you good? My my passage. I okay. think I'm good. Okay. Yeah, There's a you. lamp behind you too on the bookshelf. Great. Yeah. So she says, um, English mm-hmm. is a noun-based language, somehow appropriate to a culture so obsessed with things. So only 30% of English words are verbs. But in Potawatomi, that proportion is 70%. Hmm. So 70% 70% of their words are verbs. So it means that 70% of the words also have to be conjugated, and 70% have different tenses that need to be mastered. There are only nine living speakers as of the writing of this book, so... And that was a number, that's a pretty, it's not an old book, but it's a, it's a couple years old, it's isn't it? It's just a couple years old, I think. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I don't remember well, anyway. when that came out. Anyway. It's, it's also it's... published by a local publisher. Oh. This is how I found out about Milkweed. Oh, Milkweed. Shout out to Milkweed Editions. Yeah. yeah. Do you have another one you want to drop? Some inspiring. more knowledge you want to drop from there, this book? She, she, she just talks about, um, she, she just goes on to, to talk a little bit about all of the words that are verbs. And I thought this is so cool and interesting. So she says, there's a verb for to be a Saturday. And then she's like, <laughs> she's getting really frustrated. So I think that's sort of funny. She's like, I threw down the book. Since when is Saturday a verb? Everyone knows it's a noun. I grabbed the dictionary and flipped to more pages and all kinds of things seem to be verbs. To be a hill, to be red, to be a bay. Ridiculous. I ranted in my head. There's no reason to make it so complicated. No wonder no one speaks it. A cumbersome language, impossible to learn. And more than that, it's all wrong. A bay is most definitely a person, place, or thing. A noun and not a verb. And she's like, I was ready to give up. But um, then she's like... I want to know how to be a Saturday. Right? Oh, me too. I'd like to... Well, I think I am a Saturday all the time, and then you you end up having to show up to a Monday. And it's, it's really hard. <laughs> is that like your all-time aesthetic is Saturday? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to move on to another tune, or do you have more passages? I think, I think I just wanted to read a tiny section where she discovers how cool this language is. Okay. She says, then, I swear, I heard the zap of synapses firing. An electric current sizzled down my arm and through my fingers. She has like a really intense aha moment. In that moment, I could smell the water of the bay, watch it rock against the shore, and hear it sift onto the sand. A bay is a noun only if water is dead. When a bay is a noun, it is defined by humans, trapped between its shores and contained by the world. But the verb, oh, here we go. Wikwigama, to be a bay, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, releases the water from bondage and lets it live. To be a bay holds the wonder that for this moment the living water has decided to shelter itself between these shores, conversing with cedar roots and a flock of baby mergansers. She goes on. Yeah. It's, it gets very poetic. Okay, and it's it gets like that gets, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I came upon a child of God. He was walking
Um, so Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. And I was kind of anticipating that when Leona was on the show, she would only pick Joni Mitchell, but she didn't. She she only picked one. Um, I think I saw I saw and I had this open as a tab for quite a while. I was gonna listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> did you book? Did you bookmark it? I did okay, bookmark okay. it. So you picked Joni Mitchell. And, I did. And yes. uh, you picked Woodstock, which yes. is not. Again, I, when when I talked to Leona about Joni Mitchell, I said that I was like only aware of a couple of her songs, really. Yes. This is one that I have heard of. Oh, nice. But I have never sat... Like, I don't really sit down with a lot of Joni Mitchell. Yep. And I feel yep. I feel kind of like a, a uncultured buffoon for not... I think that's having, okay. Okay. So... Anyway, yeah. this one, yes. I do not, I do not know well. Mm-hmm. But what, what is your association with this one, or why'd you pick this one? Yeah, are you, um, are you a big Joni gal? I, I've become, I think, more so. My mom is a big Joni Mitchell gal. Okay. And in fact, my dad too. So my mom is a Blue Album. Oh uh, yeah, lady. that's the one that I have. That's the only Joni Mitchell album I it's, have is the Blue Album. I think yeah. Blue classic. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Every track is amazing. Um, and then my dad is a Court and Spark guy, okay. which I also think is classic okay. and you can't go wrong. Um, but I sort of started out with Blue. I mean, I feel like I kind of went in sequence and sure. then kind of discovered, got more into Court and Spark. Um, she has some fun ones on there. I would recommend Twisted, which I realized okay. I was really bummed to find she didn't write that. I almost <laughs> put that one and then I was like, Joni Mitchell didn't write it. Oh, my no. mind is blown. Oh, no. Um, but anyway, it's all about her having to go to it's well, it's a commentary on her having to go to therapy a lot. And um <laughs> Twisted is great. She says at the end she's like, um, but to prove it I'll have the last laugh on you, cause instead of one head I got two. And you know two heads are better than one. That's very jazzy. It's very jazzy. Okay. That one is very okay. jazzy. So it's she didn't write it. So no, that's too bad. So Woodstock, um, Woodstock is about the festival yeah, it of the is. same name. It is. And I, I in fact, think I was introduced to this song more through Crosby, Stills, and Nash, which did a cover of it. Okay. That's on their album. I think it's just called Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, that's also a great album. <laughs> Very 60s heavy. Here. Yeah. I, um, but, um, I never got into them. Crosby Stills and Nash, or Crosby Stills Nash and Young, never, never, yeah, never any of the the groupings. I think I I only know the one album okay. on which Woodstock is okay. is um, a track. Okay, but um, anyway. yeah, I guess she dated Graham Nash, and okay. so this, this as plays one does. In. Okay, right. This plays into the song. She actually wasn't at Woodstock, so when oh. I looked up. I looked up kind of the background on this song because I have to be so prepared. <laughs> How did you spend a lot of time on Wikipedia with with these? I did a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. right. I did a little bit of Wikipedia sleuthing. As what? Yeah, I yeah. do a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So take what I say with a grain of salt because some of it came from Wikipedia. <laughs> some some user valuable. some yeah. user changed all of the information could about be, all these songs just to spite you. So you w- maybe Joni Mitchell never dated Graham Nash. I don't know. Oh, I think they. I think they did. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, so she heard about it through from him okay. and was bummed. She was, I think, she had to be somewhere else, like okay. you know, in New York um, during Woodstock. But heard so much about it that then she wrote kind of like a retrospective about what she heard about it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So is it like the fear of missing a lot of, out? The a lot original... of people who were there yeah. have said that they feel like she wrote kind of a great, maybe because she had that perspective of being kind of. Away from it, sure. That she really kind of captured what the moment felt like. By the time we got 
have actually come to this song more now so it's sort of me i'm kind of I've kind of rediscovered it okay if that, okay if that makes sense sure i i've tried looking up a fair number of Joni mitchell songs and um they have a lot of them have weird chords she's was really into like retuning her guitar so that she could yeah. get these really interesting sounds yeah. but it turns out that to play a lot of her songs it makes it very tricky they're kind of like jazz chords well if, I, if you're playing in standard tuning it's very strange i yeah. think I know. Some of well, them are simple. I think I don't remember which one that Leona picked for her podcast, but it was yeah. it had a weird like the guitar sounded very strange. Yeah, I I just found out with her she did some interesting. She used some different instruments, and I had no idea. Like a few of at least maybe just one, but a few one or two of the tracks on Blue, mm-hmm. she uses like a. Is it a zither? Um, it's not as it. It was a, an I think an Appalachian. Um, oh gosh. Auto harp? Um, no. I'm just rattling An Appalachian, off things. Oh gosh, I can picture it. I don't know what you're trying to describe, but it seems impressive. It sits on your lap. Okay. And and you strum it. Okay. Side to side, and I had no idea. I thought it was a weirdly tuned guitar, like a lot of. How do you songs. would you just press the strings down then to make the chords? Yeah, or? I think I can. You can kind of see her like you kind of bar across. I think the strings, and so you just sort of go. You know, it's. I think it's the. It might be the case of you song. Dun. Oh yeah, yeah. So she kind of like just bars her fingers across the strings and then goes up and down and then strums it on her lap. And I had no, I thought it was a guitar. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. I saw a video of her on YouTube playing it. (laughs) I thought, whoa, it's not a guitar. Blew my mind. Um, So Woodstock. Yes. I came to this one more more now, and I suddenly just I love the lyrics, and I feel they're very. 
they're very um they apply now like they did back then okay. and and it's kind of it's a little bit of a I don't know, it's a back to the land sentiment, you could say, maybe. But I think it's, for me, it's sort of just a conjuring up of my own wanting, I don't know, everyone to just, like, uh, start embracing wild nature okay. and planting things. I thought and, you were going to say, like, go to a festival in New York. <laughs> Actually, no, yeah, that's funny because it's, I know, it's inspired by something that I don't think I would have liked very much. It's, like, big crowds. Crowds, yeah. Uh, probably the music I would have enjoyed, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, a, a festival sounds like literally the worst thing I would never want to It looked kind of like the state fair out on a ooh, farm ooh, somewhere. Ooh, you know, I, I, you know, just a lot of people. Yeah, I think it was yeah. a lot. I like that it's not sort of blaming anybody. It's just sort of like, well, not why it's about Woodstock. I don't know. But it's uh, it says, you know, we are stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. And I oh, just think that's, that's really profound. lovely. Yeah, I thought so yeah, too. She's yeah. very poetic. Yeah. And so, anyway. Okay. The concert was over in Carnegie Hall. The maestro took bow after bow. He said, my dear friends, I have given my all. I'm sorry it's all over now. When from the balcony, when... Um, so next up is um, switching it up a little bit, getting jazzy. Yeah. Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. So what's going I This was one that I did not know. Yeah. But I also don't listen to a lot of Ugh, Ella Fitzgerald. You're missing out, Kevin. I was like, you seem kind of, you're like a little miffed. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I. Well, this is just how I'm uh, sitting yeah, right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> you're like standing there with your... Arms, your hands, hands on your on hips, hips. like, God damn you, yeah. why aren't you listening to more of this? Dang yeah, it, Kevin. Yeah. Ah. So what, I did not know this one. Yes. Um, this is my best friend, Rel, again. Okay. Um, she you should probably, get, she's getting a lot of shout outs. You should outs. probably she tell her to listen like a, to this. I, I will. In okay. fact, she told me to let her know when it, okay. when it yeah. drops or whatever. <laughs> When, when the street when the streets are ready for it, yeah. this new fire podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will at you on Facebook. Fabulous. So people will be alerted to it, Yay. or people, it'll turn up in their if their algorithm allows yes, it. Yes, right. But anyway, you can I share know. it with your pals. Fabulous. And be like, I brought notes and talked about music. I will yeah, do that. That's great. Oh, it'll so, be a little scary, but it's good. No, it's <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, so. This what made you pick this one? So this song, so yeah, yeah Arielle Rel, my friend, she introduced me pretty mm-hmm. much to Ella Fitzgerald, and um, her dad, as I mentioned before, is Lizard a jazz, jazz. musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she maybe played a few of his songs um, for me, and I, I just had no idea who anybody was and didn't know about a lot of standards. Um, and I remember I said once to her, "Oh, 
like I think later we were listening to some Ella Fitzgerald mm-hmm. and I was like, this is one your dad sings. And she's like, mm, yeah, it's a little bit the other way around, but you, you are correct. Um, <laughs> it was like, you know, night and day or some like really big tea for two or anyway. Um, yeah. So, so, but she, yeah, so she was my introduction to okay. Ella Fitzgerald okay. and I love Ella now. And, um, so this song was, I think, on some compilation that she had and gave me, like maybe in late middle school or okay. early high school, okay. maybe. And it's become my it's become my shower song. It's my go to <laughs> sing in the shower song. Do you regularly it's, do that? I don't. I don't. I rarely do, but occasionally when I'm feeling in the mood, I feel like jazz is the best. Okay. For, um, I for, I guess I'm not in there long enough. There's there's a Peggy Lee song. Okay. Hallelujah, I love him so, and it's also okay. a great. It's a great shower song. <laughs> he yeah. brings me coffee with I, um, favorite cup. It's a great song. I'm just, I guess the singing would like mask the crying one <laughs> usually does in the shower. Oh no. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess I, I, I'm just quiet and I don't I have like, any. It I, has, there's good acoustics okay. often in the shower. I just am in there to usually <laughs> shampoo. Just to and, stay cleanly. Shampoo and condition the beard and then I hop out. You know, it's okay. not it's not a lot of time. You're yeah. a little bit utilitarian. About I guess. It. That's good. That's good. We should, that's, Well, that's good. You know, don't linger. Save the environment. I'm, tell you, I'm trying not to use a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. We heard your repertoire And at the final bar We greeted you Wicked round applause But what a great ovation Your interpretation Of I never get much for moonlit skies I never blinked back at fireflies Would do So Paganini Don't you be a meanie What have you up your sleeve Come on and spring it. And if you can't spring it, you simply have to. Listen, Paganini, please play my rhapsody. And if you cannot play it, won't you sing it? Her. I just love her. I think okay. her vocals are great. She does on this song. There's a lot of scatting, and I well, kind of learned when, the when, entire when <laughs> see with, it's entire it, bit with, with this with this one in particular. There's like, and it might be with any jazz standard. Yeah, there's like myriad versions of it. As yeah. far as I only know this one, but I bet there are where there's like it's a little it's like sung differently or like the yeah. arrangement is different. Right, and. I just was surprised. Yeah, interesting. Do you do you know other versions, or had you heard? I just came up when I was searching okay. for these. Yeah, I, yeah, again, yeah. this was not one that I knew. Right. Um, yeah. But and that came up with the next one too, oh, actually, that we should talk about. To hear, yeah. Well, if you go, I want to go and Google. Well, I'll, if you go I'll, on I'll the Google YouTube's, it. yeah, I'll if you YouTube go onto it. the YouTube's, okay. um, yeah, yeah, they, they, it comes up. There's like a bunch of different like kind of yeah. arrangements with varying changes. Right. On it. Yeah. I also I kind of love it because it's um you know if you don't feel like singing a love song mm-hmm. as mo you know most songs are lo- love or anti love yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And this song is a great one if you just feel like not talking about anybody in particular or just in general, and you want to just sing about Paganini, uh-huh. uh, like you do, then this song is great. <laughs> it's, per- it's perfect. <laughs> and I also like, I've realized, nobody does this anymore, but in a lot of jazz standards, there are these kind of intros. Yes. And they're kind of, there's like, yeah. to, to the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that too. So, you know, this one, it's sort of like, the concert was over in Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Maestro took bow to bow. And then it starts, you know. Yeah, no, the oh, pop music does not do that. Mr. Paganini. And it yeah. like gets into the groove, and then she's super... That's like a, a lost art yeah. of songwriting. Yeah. Is doing like a speak, a speak-singy intro right. to set the tone. I kind of love it. And, you know, maybe... I can't even think of like a, a way to I don't know how you introduce that into modern music that again. Now. I know how you would do that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Night and Day is another one <clears throat> where it's like, like the beat, beat, beat of the town, you know, mm-hmm. when the morning shadows fall. Yeah, like the tick, tick, tock of the... Cr- and then it goes, you know, night and day, yeah. you are the one. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's... Uh, different times. Different times. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the next one, we should just go right into this since we we're kind of talking about the different versions. So, yeah. my... And you said you just found out about Sister Rosetta very recently. I did. So, the name of the song is called Didn't It Rain? Ah. And... That is also the name of a song and an album by Songs Ohio. Oh. Have you heard of Songs Ohio? I have not. Jason Molina? Have you heard of J- Jason Molina? His name rings a bell. Okay, Jason Molina was a kind of like indie rock slash country slash folk singer that came out of Ohio yeah. in the mid-90s. And he kind of like shuffled around the Midwest as far as like living in Indiana, living in Chicago. Okay. Um, so the, he was in a band. He started a band called Songs Ohio. And then that transitioned into a different band called Magnolia Electric Company. Yeah. And then he also put out some albums under his own name. Yeah. But so didn't he wrote a song called Didn't it's, It Rain? Oh, he did. And the yeah. album is called Didn't It Rain? And so I, I <laughs> felt like I knew that there was something else with that same name yeah. but then when you sent this to me i'm like i bet that's what that is and so it's drastically it's drastically different i was yeah, gonna start wondering it's, I was, there's no yeah. no similarities but so with this i was fascinated by this because sister mm-hmm. rosetta is a fa- like just fascinating she is Rain, 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 rain,
There are again so many versions of this available. Okay, yeah. As far I think as I found a couple different of, yeah. recordings, and the first thing that came up when I was looking for it, yeah, I found a YouTube video, right, where she's performing at like a train station. That's what I, I. This was one of the earliest things that I and, don't know. It was on some sort of YouTube, and you know, spiral she's like I, walking and talking to walking. somebody, and then she like okay shows up, and the band is at this thing, yeah. and then she straps on this electric guitar yes, and starts playing, and so it's like I'm like this like old black lady putting on this electric guitar and just like not like shredding, but it's like. It's like a heavy kind of sound. She is, she and is I was like, player. wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And so then I started finding like different versions of it where it's not as yep. heavy with a live band. Okay, yes, right. There's like a whole album she has of just very like sparse kind arrangements of, of acoustic, everything. Yeah, okay. And there's like, again, different, uh, different kind of takes of this where... It's either faster or slower. Right. Um, but so how did you discover her? You said this was a recent find. Yeah, it was more recent. Okay. I, I just, I feel like I saw that video, but kind of, and kind of was just like, wow, that's so neat. I think it was just in sort of a, it was a tangential thing. Like I must have been watching some something other else. Yeah. or okay. something. Okay. And then it came up and I thought, that's really cool. I didn't think that much of it, I think. At okay. the time. I mean, I, I thought it was really neat, yeah. but I just sort of like, oh, I will bookmark this okay. and that's really cool. Sure. But I didn't. I didn't go and you know look her up or find out much more about her. Um, but then I, then so my mom found out about a play. There's a play about her. Oh really? And okay. It played in Minneapolis or St. Paul, um, uh, the Parkway Theater. Park. Maybe I made that up. Um, I don't know where. I don't anyway, know what that is. Anyway, a theater in the city. In the city. There we go. They, they put there on, it's called Marie and Rosetta. And so okay. it's about, it's just about her. It's about kind of one night before their first performance, I think. She she did a couple collabs. She did for like, it was really just like a couple years, maybe or a year. I'm not quite sure. But a short time, she collaborated with this younger woman, Marie Knight. Okay. Who she kind of discovered, and then she sort of took her under her wing and was okay. like, "You have a great voice. Please, let's do kind of a duet thing." Okay. And um, yeah, they. I, th- I'm not sure if she sings on "Didn't It Rain" or not. Um, but the play was was wonderful, and it it was like really packed with songs. Um, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really it was really neat. And then I think I went and I just looked up more about her and found out that she was like really a pretty major like early rock and roll influence. Yeah, I mean, so and like I it's it's that was so it's, cool. Yeah, it is. It's like rock and it's like gospel rock it's and gospel roll. Rock it's very and roll. it's very oh, spiritual. Yes, um, and that was a big part of the play. Was she was a little conflicted because she was very spiritual yes. and and really very devout, but she 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 didn't really. She was sort of adamant that it was okay to play in places like nightclubs uh, and secular places. Uh, so she brought the good music. I mean, sure, she brought the music bringing the word to to, to other people pl- and places where I think she sort of offended um, some more conservative, <laughs> you know, church going people who were like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing is, I'm not. Um, yes, I, I really do not really, like. She's really cool. Spiritual music. Mm-hmm. Um. But I was like just fascinated by all of this. Yeah. I just was like, I I can't get enough of this because it's just she has such conviction. Yes, yeah. the way yeah. her she she yeah she has a lot of yeah power and I don't know what. Oh, oh, no, no, didn't it rain? 
So is this re- like this you was pretty recent that you this play that you yeah, went to? Yeah, it was actually just a couple years when ago? it was wintry. No, just this year. Oh wow, mm-hmm. wow! Mm-hmm. So I just missed out on this then, pretty much. Yeah, shoot. Okay. Yeah, that's too bad. I know. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I think my mom saw. I had it on my radar, and I was like, "Oh, cool! It's playing. It'll be going yeah. for like a month." And then she was like, "It's ending this weekend. <laughs> like, do you want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah." We like snuck in like the last few tickets. Oh wow! Before it wow. Closed. Yeah. Yeah. This one, the last two are new-ish. Yeah. This, this, so, Courtney Barnett. sort of go in chronological order a little <laughs> bit for me. Yeah. Courtney Barnett is a relatively new singer. Yeah. She's from Australia, correct? She is from yeah, Australia. Yeah. The only thing I know about her is that she gets repped pretty hard by like indie music websites. Okay. Who seem to like her a lot. Mm-hmm. And that she has an album called... Sometimes I sit and think. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I just sit. <laughs> right. And I find that to be a very charming phrase. I love it too. Um, but so I've never sat down with any of her tunes before. I think I tried listening mm-hmm. to one, and I it just wasn't really for me. Yeah. Um, but she's. I don't want to like lump her in with like the camp of kind of like ramshackle girls playing electric guitars but there is a a, a bevy of like youngish mm. like 20 to 30s uh-huh. women yeah playing kind of not like sloppy indie rock but okay. there's a kind of like a a definite kind of like freewheeling quality yes. to this music the same with Sharon Von Etten okay are you familiar with her mm, no? no that's okay that's okay but they're very, they're very, very similar. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, Courtney Barnett, how did you, you, you picked uh, Avant yeah. Gardner, which is very clever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how did you 
discover did like were you uh, like at, at the on the vanguard of hearing about her this, or it was um it was uh facebook actually okay, all someone right. posted to I was a like, friend you, of mine did I you think. get like an ad a facebook ad for her no okay. it was somebody posted to a friend of mine um her tiny desk concert oh, okay. which is actually very different from her normal sound yeah so that was the first thing i saw okay. and heard and i enjoyed it and i thought her lyrics are rather charming like they're sort of um dry and witty sure um she she has a she has a self-deprecating sense of humor that's what i've gleaned from the little bit that i've heard yeah do you watch do you watch a lot of tiny desk is that kind of i i watch some okay i yeah i feel like i'm missing out on something by not regularly watching these but it's just like i don't always want to i don't always care about i think i get into a tiny desk loop when i go to see one and, and maybe just, i enjoy yeah. it and then uh, it's or often if i know about it's often if i know about an artist already and sure. then i look up oh they had a tiny desk sure. concert and i i usually like them um because they're more stripped down yeah anyway do you ever feel bad for the person who probably has the desk next to the tiny desk and they're like man there's just too too much noise coming from this <laughs> they're trying of, to work they're like in the cubicle <laughs> over and they're like man these bands just keep coming through this i think is so i've seen terrible. them pan out occasionally and it's really like a concert like everyone from npr is just standing yeah there. no i have seen them because yeah, I, right. I watched <laughs> i watched the one that the national did a number okay. of years ago and I've then i think of them i think <laughs> they're one of my Are favorite they a british band? no they're not at all. They're from um, Ohio. I don't know. They're from Ohio. Yeah. You like Ohio bands. I do. Um, the National are one of my favorite bands. Cool. Yeah. Are they rock? They're indie rock. Indie rock? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Indie dad rock now. I'll look them up. Cool. Okay. You've probably heard them if you've ever listened to like public radio. They yeah, get played a lot on public radio. Okay. Anyway, so Cor- I didn't mean to steamroll oh, your yeah. thing here. No, Courtney no Barnett. Problem. We're having uh, a rep- repartee or whatever that is. <laughs> Is that what it is? A back and forth conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Um. So, Avant Gardner, why of all the Courtney Barnett songs, yeah. what was, was what picked? Why'd you pick this one? Yes. So this was the first song on the Tiny Desk okay. concert. Okay. Okay. And I, th- I think it was posted to this friend because she is work. She works on a farm, and I thought oh. that was sort of funny. Oh. And I'm working on a farm, oh. and so I was like, oh, and there's a song called Avant Gardner. Ha ha ha! Like I yeah. should see this. I, I get um, it. Yeah. And it's. It was great. And then I found out in reading a little bit, because this is how I roll, I, then I have to go and read everything about the people. Oh, I do that too. So I'm glad that I'm not, yeah. it's not just me. Yeah. I looked at the lyrics because her lyrics are fun. And then and then I was reading. It, it's sort of unclear. You think, I thought maybe she had asthma. So she has in this song, she sort of goes through some sort of, I thought it was asthma attack at mm-hmm. first. Um, the chorus is like, I, I'm not that good at breathing in. Yeah. And um, the am- an ambulance is called, and she ends up having to, you know, go oh, to dear. the hospital. You know, yeah. And um, so it turns out I read an interview with her, and she said that it's actually an anxiety attack that she was having. Um, and in the song, she says it's forty degrees, and I feel like I'm dying. I love her <laughs> accent too. Um, I'm glad that she hasn't lost her accent yeah, like so many you can Australians. Hear it. No, yeah. you can hear it in yeah. her singing even because it's kind of sing talking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, um, I thought that was really, I just thought it was so, she's, she just seems so nonchalant about yeah. writing about this yeah. anxiety attack yeah. that is, like, for most people, a pretty traumatic experience. And I started dealing with, I had anxiety attacks in high school, or panic attacks. Yeah. Didn't really know what was happening to me, but it was um, frustrating and kind of scary. And so I just love coming to this now. I kind of wish that I... Had, she had been around, you know, when I was in, in high school. I don't, I don't know if I would have appreciated her or not. But um, yeah, I kind of love her. She's got this. I, I also, you know, maybe you can tell this. I don't listen to a lot of more rock. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I, I picked up on <laughs> it a little bit. Yeah, up on just this. a little bit. You can yeah. tell from my yeah. set list here. Well, I can tell from like when uh, we've talked in the past when we worked together, and, like yeah. what you're, okay. what, what you were into more, right. Um, so she's my sort of introverted rock out okay. lady All now, right. and I okay. kind of love it. She, there's one other song that I, well, there are a couple of, that I like. There's one called Depressed In. That's, that's the one that more, I listen to. It's a yeah. lot more quiet, yeah. and I, I like that too. That's the last song in her tiny desk. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, she but she has one, um, there's a fun video of her kind of rocking out in some street in London, um, and it's, the whole chorus is, I, I, I want to go out, but I want to stay home. <laughs> and I feel like it's I think everyone sort of can my, understand sort of that. Yeah, I think everyone yeah. can, even if you're an extrovert yeah. at times. You just yeah, you want to go out, but you want to stay in. Yeah. So long now I've been out in the rain and snow, but when 
So we've come to the end of your musical journey. Uh, and so you've picked uh, Winter's Come and Gone. And is this, is it, I've been nervous my whole life. Is it Gillian Welch or Gillian? I think it is Gillian. God damn it. Welch. I've been saying it wrong. Because <laughs> I used to play, she and David Rawlings do a cover of a Radiohead song. Mm, and I do used, they? Yeah. It's like a live cover of it cool. that I have like a, like a really poor audience recording of. Whoa. And it's great. Yeah. It was, it, can you co- tell me the track? Uh, Black Star. Black Star. It, okay. Yeah. So, I'll look it up. Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't remember how I wound up with it, but I used to play it when I worked at the radio station in town. I would play it occasionally. Cool. And now I feel like a total plonker because I thought it was Jillian Welch. Well, but I, now I'm just thinking, like, that's, I think, the normal pronunciation of that name, isn't it? Jillian? <sighs> like Jillian Anderson from yeah, The X-Files? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought so, I but now I feel like a putz. But it's I, Gillian. I, I think it's Gillian. God, I guess I could look it up. Uh, yeah, now I'm thinking the same. I I, I could look up her being know, introduced by a person, because like that's what I had to do. Have you heard of Hanif Adurakib? He's no. a poet and writer. Um, I had to go through pages and pages of YouTube videos of him reading poetry to find him being introduced by somebody because Andrea and I both are huge fans of him and neither of us knew quite really how to pronounce the name so I had to find I had to find it and then I told her that name down for me too I love his poetry is great his essays are even better okay yeah great um, so you picked yes. a, a Gillian Welch yes, song. I did. Winter's Come and Gone. Mm-hmm. And why? What is that because it's spring now when you're recording this? Is that why you wanted it to do this? It was very appropriate. Okay. But also, actually, I have um, I have good history with this song. I okay. love this song. So okay. it was the first song, actually, that I learned on the guitar. Okay. So it's amazing that way. Yeah, it was after college, and okay. I thought I would never learn the guitar because, I don't know. Um, it never felt right. And then... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, well, someone, you know, so my, my boyfriend at the time in college, he played the guitar pretty uh-huh. well and, uh, and like taught me how to hold, you know, do various yeah. chord yeah. positions, yeah. etc. Yeah. But I, I think it was that I didn't know and never get your boyfriend to teach you anything because it's, you know, it just creates strife. <laughs> do you not work well um, with people that you're romantically involved with? No, I don't think, okay. I don't think that's true. Okay. I just think it... It can make your life more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah, you know, uh, you need someone not. So you were, are you, are you right-handed or left-handed? I am right-handed. Okay. So you were playing the guitar the standard way? Yeah, I was. Okay. Mm -hmm. And could you make the chords okay? I could make the chords. It was actually the the strumming strumming that was hard. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, he didn't really tell me anything about that. Okay. Because I I am also, what do I do? I am also right-handed, but I play the guitar. You the left, left-handed. I play it left-handed because I can't form chords with my left hand. Left-handed. Yes, oh. I can only I can really? only form them with my right hand. That's interesting. Yeah. I think that I I was pre primed um so to speak to play to do fingerings with my left hand because i've been playing the violin sure, since i was in sure. third grade okay. so that felt so you have the normal. dexterity for that but yeah the strumming is the yeah strumming gotcha. weird. and also he had a, a normal size guitar and uh, i i in fact sort of forgot i was maybe going to bring my guitar just so i could play a little bit of this song but it i have a small guitar now and that's oh, okay. much, much more better comfortable. It's okay much okay. nicer okay and, and easy to wield and so i <laughs> like I'm wielding a, a weapon. <laughs> um, 
wielding the guitar. I think that's what people do. They wield it. You can. Yeah. You can wield it. All right. Yeah. Great. I'm glad yeah. you're backing me up on yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh. Of course. <laughs> of course. A friend of mine, I was working on this right after college, this educational farm, and she had a little guitar. And okay. then she kind of taught me sort of a basic strum okay. pattern. Okay. And that's what got me. This song is like three or four chords are very easy. It's like D and C okay. and G. I am just learning formally how to play the guitar now. Awesome. Because I've had one for forever. And I've just kind of futzed around with it yep. and like learned... Like not really learned much, but like just mostly like figured out how I could make like noises noises that sounded okay this on is it. Me too. Oh, and yeah. but it's also an electric, so I have like all these pedals right. to make awful feedback sounds, uh, and that's much more fun for me yeah, okay. than having the discipline to sit down and actually try to like play chords chord? and and yeah. change chords. So I've I have been taking lessons, uh, fun. and and about that. trying to get better about knowing chords yeah. and knowing how to change them like and how to p- predict right a lot of it is being predictive i guess is mm. where you, you where you're like so you don't have to like focus so you, hard on it you know you, what a d is all well, the time well like or? you know like if i'm doing this and then the next thing is my fingers have to be here what can i do ahead oh, oh. to prepare myself better to change uh I more see. efficiently yeah, to get that sound. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, where yeah. so it's about e- efficiency so anyway right. this is this is uh is is your it's guitar my gateway and your gateway to playing the guitar to playing the guitar okay, okay. yeah okay. um and and it was also kind of my gateway to gillian welch on that farm i found there were a couple people so this friend yeah. nina who taught me this song on the guitar and then another woman was like oh you don't know gillian welch you know oh you got to look up um, I think Miss Ohio, she was saying, she said, I had that song stuck in my head all the time. And um, yeah, I really love Gillian Welch now. I am a fan of sad folk songs. Sure. So, as one Peter is. Paul and Mary, uh, Gillian yeah. Welch, sure. um, okay. and great harmonies. Okay. So, Dave Rollins, I think, is a fabulous guitar player. I mean, I'm just a lay person <laughs> thinking that. Um, but I, I, he really, he does a lot with sort of weird, weird harmonies. Okay. And I watched an interview with them and he said he likes like, I think it was fifths or something. See, I don't know enough about music theory to really know what that means, but I can sort of glean that he likes sort of odd harmonies, I okay, think. And so okay. he can like do that on the guitar, and then when they sing, too, he I can yeah. tell he kind of does... He, I, I, nor, I stick with like the straight third harmony okay, or whatever, okay. and so I love listening to them because it sort of gives me an idea of... The cover of Black Star is like the harmonies on, during the refrain are yeah. really impressive. Yeah, yeah. You'll have yeah, to check that out. I, I'm going to. That's okay. so great. I'm sure yeah. it's on the also on the YouTube's. Yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea how I came across it. It was it was just like all, like on the computer. Like I downloaded so it somewhere. Things. Yeah, and I there. was always just fascinated with it. It's just a very like stripped down somber take on a somber song, but you know a dressed up Radiohead yeah. song. So it's have you you know I think Julian Baker um, 
does with I think maybe Phoebe Bridges they do a cover of one of Gillian Welch's songs Everything is Free a lot of people have done covers of this song oh I think. it's like a yeah big I, Gillian Welch cover I have song. never heard I know that they've done that because yeah. I think I've seen it talked about but I've mm-hmm. never listened in to fact, it in fact Courtney Barnett I watched a cover of her <laughs> she did it as well and in fact I don't like anybody's as much as Gillian's of course of course that's, <laughs> that's usually the way it goes for, that's not true for it's almost things. always the way it goes yeah. it's like the cover is always terrible the intent yeah, is there, but the cover usually the execution is kind of questionable. Right. There's yeah, rarely rarely yeah. do I find a cover that's like uh like can stand on its own. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's like wrestling a bear. <laughs> Sometimes it's just something you shouldn't do. Um, do you have any final thoughts or anything else you want to share before we conclude today's podcast? I I think I would like to say I'm glad that you asked me to do this because oh, it got me out of my comfort the- zone, and that's good. <laughs> it's good, and um, and I, it let me think about these songs that I okay. feel like have been, you know, just good people in my life. So well, thank you so much for you prepared. You came with notes and a reading, and <laughs> bless your heart for doing that. And and thanks for coming down and and talking about tunes this evening. I, I so really appreciate it. Me. Yeah, thank you. They, and I met Ted. Ted the cat. He's thanks still snoozing. Still snoozing. My guy. Do you want to say anything? <laughs> Any, anything you want to add? No. Okay, that's okay. Let's leave this on you for a while. That's all right. You're a snoozy boy. All right. Final snooze word from Ted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>